Welcome to Foozled It, the podcast all about owning things that mess up and not worrying about blunders. We're your hosts, Rebecca Porter and Charlotte Gohan. I really love saying my full name. <laughs> I'm really enjoying saying my full name. Right. I was, I, there's some, there's some like power I get out of being like, this is who I am. Like, fuck you all. So yeah. I'll I might start adding my middle names in as well. <laughs> it just gets longer and longer and longer. Just, you know, just adding them in. Adding Rebecca them in. Shangela Porter. I'm just going to start dropping drag queen names in there. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to start with a foozled it that I have this week, which was like an emotional foozle. Ooh. So I am a very anxious person. I know this about myself. Um, my parents always said I was really emotional. I realized, no, they're, they're just like British, so they don't get it. But like, I just have emotions, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. with the pr- predominant emotion being anxiety and stress. Anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taking a lot more of, of the space than it maybe should yeah. be. Yeah. It's I like, if, if, if emotions were a pie, anxiety and stress would be like half of the pie and then all of the other, like happy, sad, excited, joyous, like depressed, everything else fits into that other half of the pie. Yeah. Um, and the week that we're recording this is the week of the American presidential elections. And I'm not yes. American. Um, there's really no reason that I should be involved in these elections. <laughs> but in a political way are you like you, you didn't run for office is that what you're I, telling us like, i didn't run for it? office i want to yeah. be clear about that i probably should have but i'm not yeah American. i was wondering i i, I was concerned I that maybe you might have been an outlier in that election so i did thanks think about for, it for yeah clearing that seriously um but no but like i'm not american so like the outcome although it affects me the way it affects like everyone else in the world um it doesn't like affect me that much and i don't live in canada anymore so it's not like there's a scary neighbor downstairs either and also we just all went into lockdown in england again what a time what a time and and this week i have been refreshing the news every day because it took like a week to declare a winner i'm still not 100 percent sure that it's gonna it's gonna be okay um and i've been reading a book about a black girl who goes back to antebellum um the antebellum south like in slave times which is quite upsetting because like she is treated like a slave and I'm listening to a murder mystery with this like horrible, gruesome murder where, where the guy is like, like has his intestines pulled out and stuff. Okay. Okay. I I think, I think, you know, what, what, what a cauldron you've made for yourself. Exactly. Like I should all week. I was like, Oh, I'm just feeling like really glum and like anxious. And I wonder why, why like, Oh, this is so annoying. And at no point did I think, Rebecca, like, stop looking at the news. Mm-hmm. Pick up a silly, like, pick up a Terry Pratchett, read Harry Potter again, you yeah. know, only watch the British Bake Off and don't do anything yeah. else. Like, like there were so many things I could have done. <laughs> and I just like ever like I've almost done my book about this like girl going back to slave. Oh man. <laughs> just like I just didn't do anything that was good for me this week. <laughs> So that's like an emotional foozle that like, I, sh- I know what I should have done. I should have like been kind to myself, read something funny, stop looking at the news, yeah, you know, baked cookies or something. Yeah. And I just did none of it. 
Oh man, that's a, that's a really big overarching fizzle because it has been a it's been a tricky old week. I have um, tried to um, what I've been doing to take a little bit of time out for me is I've been watching videos of really big waves and um, whales um, in the sea because I'm really really freakishly afraid of whales, despite growing up in England and you know not really coming into contact with them much too much on a day-to-day basis. Um, but they freak me out so much that no matter what kind of mood I'm in, whatever is happening in the real world, if I just whack on a quick, like one of those videos where it's like a tourist who's like, just like taking a little video of the ocean and then like a fucking massive great whale like breaches. Or the one I watched this week, which was sent to me by a friend, which was a whale trying to like freaking eat a canoe with some people in it. I say eat, I mean swallow or whatever. But it literally came, it was again, flat water, these lovely people having a little canoe time and then it's fucking massive whale just bops out of the ocean puts its big mouth around the canoe and tries to freaking swallow these people um so i like to watch things like that because they just clear my mind and i go back to my like base instinct of like oh my god um it's really scary so i would maybe recommend that for next week you kind um, of helps like it just levels me off. I mean, this is making me sound a little bit deranged, but it just, it just, whatever emotion I'm feeling, then the like, the like inner, in, inner instinct of like constantly worrying that I'm going to be eaten or swallowed by a whale at some point. And um, sort of like, yeah, cancels everything out. Yeah. If I'm feeling too many emotions, just go back to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This week's special guests can be heard on CBC Radio's Laugh Out Loud and Kevin Hart's LOL Network. She was a semi-finalist in SiriusXM's top comic competition and has her own podcast, Life Pairings. Welcome to the show, Brittany Lysing. Hello, the UK. <laughs> I love it. You're, UK. you're addressing the entire nation. The Amazing. entire nation. I don't want to live in New York. <laughs> this will be going out across the nation in all every single person yeah everybody into listens the, to it it's, into it's, their home. it's yeah, part of the blockchain culture yeah that's fair hi hello scotland hello <laughs> <laughs> Wales. yeah they will be listening hello, to England. yeah hello, everybody hello wales so you've I, I was going to say you've just released, I think it was about a year ago, you released your debut album, Going Up. Yeah, what was it like to record that? Was it, I'm imagining you like in a recording studio like J-Lo. No, <laughs> it was, um, I don't know, we have a comedy club here in Canada called Yuck Yucks. I don't know if you guys are familiar nice. with the Yuck Yucks. It's like a, it just like kind of a chain of comedy clubs and stuff. And there's one in Vancouver, which is on the west side of the country. And Vancouver is one of my favorite cities. And uh, I recorded it with a Vancouver recording label. So we recorded it live at the club. And uh, yeah, it was, we did like three tapings and then kind of picked the best jokes and put them on the album. And yeah, it was, it was really fun. It was like a year leading up to like preparing for it and getting ready for it and everything like that. And so it was, uh, it was really fun once we did it. And was there like, because that, that idea of like, you know, when you're in the moment and you're, you're doing comedy, you're doing stand up or improv or whatever it is, like in the moment, it's like, whatever happens, happens. It's between me and the people in this room. But obviously recording it, it's like, it's between me and the people in this room. And then I will be sharing it with lots of other people. So did you, was that like, were you able to shift that or? 
I think like in all those sort of stressful moments, anytime you like tape anything for TV or you record it or anything like that, it's, there's a way bigger stress on it. So it's like, and you're almost over rehearsed and the jokes you've told the jokes too many times. And mm-hmm. so you kind of like, you go into it, hoping it, hoping it can sound fresh, hoping it can sound mm-hmm. good. There's like a lot of like weird pressures that you wouldn't just normally go on stage with but yeah, it was, um, I kind of put it in my, like a room I felt really comfortable in a room. I knew the audience would be really fun mm-hmm. and, uh, the staff would be amazing and helpful. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when I recorded, I kind of like try to take out every other element that I'm normally worried about so that I could just worry about like, yeah, every joke has to land and has to sound good and <laughs> has to be tight. And it's pretty hard to edit stand-up comedy. Like you can't just like take little bits out, you know? Mm, yeah. So You've got was, like the um, rhythm of it and the beats and, and, and yeah, yeah, it kind of just had to go fun. in how it was, but we did, like I said, we recorded three shows. So we kind of just like took the best joke. Like yeah, it was a 45 minute set. So we just took the best jokes out of those five minute sets and put them on the album. Yeah. And you can get that on iTunes and everywhere that you can buy things. Yeah. iTunes, Spotify, all the places amazing i think i love like one thing i've really loved with the lockdown is like so some of the comedians that i really like so um david o'doherty who's this really great irish comedian um, oh yeah i love him he's awesome he like recorded a, a comedy album in his car so he was like <laughs> isolating on this like tiny island off the west coast of ireland and he would go into his car and you can literally hear on the album you hear the door close in the car <laughs> uh which i think is is amazing so yeah interesting going forward like how many people are like making do with what they have to do recordings and stuff people are doing like i like i feel like as comics we're like we're most comics pretty creative people so it's just like Mm. if you change our environment we're only like sad and drunk for a week and then we're like (laughs) all right we gotta figure out how to make this more fun again like you know like the zoom shows and the everybody started a podcast and it was like I feel like it was like, well, we still needed to have that creative outlet. So you took away like the audience and that specific thing. But then like here in Canada, people were like having big backyard shows and outdoor mm-hmm. shows. And, and uh, we're back into like the back into places now with like half capacity and stuff like that. But you kind of almost, it almost made you do something new and fun and creative that you wouldn't have normally pushed yourself to do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've kind of appreciated it. Um. I have a podcast as well. It's called Life Pairings. Oh, yes. Okay. And we pair uh, life events with alcohol. Oh, my God. Like a tasting menu. I love that. Yeah, this so is something I'm definitely going to listen to that. We're like, it's Canada Day. It's, we pair that with, like, Canadian whiskey. And then, <gasps> like, and then we drink it while we talk. And we talk about the history of the drink and the history of the event oh and God. the psychology surrounding the event. Oh, I love it. What other kind of like, what other pairings have you had? What's that? What other pairings have you had? I'm trying to think. Uh, we did uh, haircuts and Pinot Grigio. We did. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, sometimes we just go on like wine tours and then we'll be like, we're pairing it with this new wine we have to taste, but we just do it so we can write it off and go on a Amazing. wine tour. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, Brilliant. I'm trying to think what else. We did, uh, we just did the US election. And we chose white Russians. Oh, nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Uh, so, I was I was yeah, going to suggest so, absinthe. We did absinthe and Halloween. Okay. Uh, okay. Because of the psychedelic properties of absinthe. Yeah. Yeah. And are you, are you like keeping up? Are you planning to like keep up with the podcast after lockdown and stuff? Yeah. A friend of mine, um, it was her baby. It, she's a novelist. 
So she's wow. like smart, and then I'm just dumb on there. I'm like, all right, we're drink. She like does the history of the event, and I'm like, I'll talk about the drink. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me like bailing out on every group project I've ever been a part of. <laughs> Being like, I'll commit the least to it. Um, I'll bring the cookies. Don't worry, guys. It'll be fine. Like, show up an hour late, and everyone's like. Oh. <laughs> um but yeah it was her baby kind of beforehand so um she she was doing it a little beforehand and then I came on board uh, a little bit later and so mm. yeah I think she was doing it before uh COVID and all that kind of stuff so now it'll continue on I hope I hope unless we run out of drinks and events <laughs> not I, I hope not I don't I think it's not. possible yeah and so are you kind of back to like touring now and like being able to travel around with your comedy again yeah, I just got off the road. Like this morning I drove in from, uh, I was like about three and a half hours away and there was a huge snowstorm actually. So I was on the road. We did uh, three different theaters kind of in three different smaller Canadian towns. So I was gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I'm back in the club circuit as well. Um, uh, we, every couple of weekends and stuff. So I'm, as much as the, it affected the touring at first, what's happened now is Americans can come up who usually like take a ton of work from the Canadian comics. Yeah. Oh, nice. So we're all like, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so upset for you. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. I'll uh, take this one. <laughs> and, uh, actually, the comics from Toronto, who Toronto's our biggest city mm. and probably our biggest comedy scene, um, can't really come over to the West. So all the Western comics have been kind of on the road since June. We've wow. all been back to work, kind of, yeah. Um, well, shall we get into your foozle? Sure. We're terrible. I assume We're it will terrible. be a show, but it could be something to do with elevators as well. We're not biased. <laughs> oh, yeah. It could be, oh, yeah, I was an elevator mechanic uh, <laughs> for 12 years. Hmm. I, and not a good one. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's something you should be not good at. And then like, yes. doing it. I like, kind of imagine in that kind of job that like you, you not being good at that job is <laughs> it's quite dangerous. For, it's quite detrimental to other people's safety. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, kind of like one of those, I'll just give it a go. You know, if it's not for you, it's fine. Kind of like, <laughs> Oh, there was a million, like I, when I first started in elevators, I'll tell a few elevator ones. And then I could tell you, we, they used to like the new guys, there's a, a big hoistway and then the elevator rides up and down the shaft essentially mm -hmm. so when you're new they'd either lock you on the top of the elevator and then just close the door and send it on so you'd just be stuck on top and it would just be like going up and down the hoistway okay. and they'd be like we'll be back in an hour like just to like <laughs> haze you or oh my god oh my gosh stuck on an elevator going like 300 feet a minute up and down the hoistway oh my god like vomiting everywhere i imagine like, well it's not it's just like there's like a safe spot to sit and you kind of like know they're bugging you so you're like hmm, they're not gonna kill me that's like a lot of paperwork to fill out yeah so, that's what, they, they yeah. do want to traumatize me you know for yeah they're doing it to bother me so i was like we could really tell that you got into it by now you're like there's a safe spot guys it's not really that big of a deal like i did yeah. it to tons of people the novelty like so i was so uh jaded by the time that it <laughs> i like nothing scared me anymore i'd just be like you know like 30 floors up it's um <laughs> Yeah, they'd lock you on there or they'd like leave you in the pit of the elevator like you couldn't get out because it was running and like they just just to I don't know. They were boys. I was the only girl. <laughs> so they were just all boys being like, <laughs> oh, my God, let's mess with you. Yeah, let's mess with you. Uh, we've like I mean, I 
I've blown up so many things. Because- <laughs> 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 I think you're one of the only people we've had on the podcast who can say that, and we don't need to press like a panic button underneath. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be so many times where like somebody'd be like, "Is the power off? Yeah, the power's off. Is the power off? Yeah, the power's off." And you'd go to like rewire something, and it'd be like, and you're like, "Nope." And, I'm just uh, imagining you with like permanently singed eyebrows for like the first few years of the job. Oh my god, I worked with this uh, older Filipino man, and he was the best. His name was Freddie, and uh, there was a little bit of a language barrier. So he had told me, he goes, "Those wires are hot," which means they're live. Yeah, and I go yeah i know and he goes okay they're hot i go great and i was drilling into the back of like a like a metal container that they were in and what he meant to say was they're bare the wires were bare oh shoot so i reached in to grab the wires away from the metal part so i could drill through the back of it and i it like grabbed me and i was like for like i think 10 seconds oh my my gosh like that's super this really answers because my, my top question was gonna be like, "What's the coolest thing you've ever blown up?" But it is in fact your very it's own. yourself. It's, <laughs> it was me. I blew up me, and so he, the only way to get somebody off electricity like that is to kick them off with the bottom of your rubber boot, because yeah. you can't touch them, or else you'll get electrocuted. Oh, you'll get electrocuted. So I was just like, eh, and you can't talk. It's the weirdest feeling. You're like. So I was holding because I had been leaning on something, and that's why the electricity is like traveling through one arm and out the other. Oh my so god! It, like, had me held on because it was what's called DC power, which is direct current. It doesn't let go. Oh my so god! So I just saw this like size twelve boot just come at me. And- <laughs> <laughs> it kicked me off it, and I was like, <gasps> like in the whole day, and it was my birthday that day. Oh no! Happy birthday! So Yay! all day long, he felt so bad. I was like, "You bastard! Like, you could have killed me." And he just kept going, "Happy birthday, birthday girl!" <laughs> like that's gonna make up for it. Here's a cupcake. Sorry, you didn't. Yeah, he like bought me lunch. She's like, "I'm like, this is not this ten dollar McDonald's is not doesn't cut it." But I mean, what a, like what a fitting reminder on the day of your birth, like the fragility <laughs> of life. Like you could be gone in a second, but also in a very like cartoonesque way. Like I'm imagining yeah. you like Roadrunner or whatever. Like you're you're like blue blue flashes are going through you. We can see your skeleton. Like I thought people, I was like, it can't look like that for real. And then you're like, oh yeah, it looks like that because you can't talk and it's like holding you. So you're you're just and you're trying to talk and you're going. Gah, gah. Oh my god! Your whole face is like, it was insane. I've I, never been so happy to be kicked by a fifty-five-year-old <laughs> man. In my life. I was gonna say I do love that. Like the kind thing to do is kick you like in the breast to get you away. <laughs> oh, he did yeah. you right in the tit. Like, <laughs> happy birthday, baby! Happy <laughs> <laughs> birthday, girl! <laughs> Boom! He kicked me right off it. Amazing. Oh, and I was like, oh, God, it's so good to be alive. Um, yeah, so that was probably the maybe the craziest thing that mm. happened uh, while I was there, the most life-defying thing. And, I mean, uh, once that happened, some people not laughing at your jokes. I mean, take it or leave it. You're still alive by the end, right? Yeah, that's the thing. People are like, isn't it hard when people say they hate you when you're on stage? I'm like, no. One time, a grown man <laughs> kicked me. Because a one time, I electrocuted happened. myself yeah. and then got kicked in the boob. <laughs> Yeah. One time the best thing that happened to me in a day was that somebody kicked me in the boob. Somebody kicked me as hard as they possibly could. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it does really put things into perspective. Yeah. 
totally it makes things like seem a little easier mm. uh but yeah i haven't done that now for i think three years and mm. i just do stand-up comedy full-time awesome. and uh it's Is life a, a bit safer is it it's, like you don't worry about your life so much anymore? <laughs> I was driving home today and I was like, why is everything I do? Like my life is on the line because the roads get so icy here because it's winter. Mm. So we're in a big snowstorm and I was like, my car was like slipping all over the road. And I'm like, I just got to pick a safer thing. <laughs> <laughs> I need to just learn to embroider and like be able to sit in a house somewhere away from yeah, the weather. I was, and I was like, why do I always need a thrill? <laughs> Living life on the edge. I love it. Been a computer <laughs> analyst. Could have been a stay-at-home mom, and yet here I am. <laughs> here I am, just driving from town to town, it. slinging jokes for drinks <laughs> and ad- admiration. I, <laughs> but yeah, so those are the kind of the the worst elevator ones, and then I guess uh, maybe my favorite uh, comedy foozled. I was in. Niagara Falls, which is uh, on the border of, I guess, is it Detroit and uh, Ontario? Mm. And um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting little place. It's like a touristy little place. So, like, they have a yuck yucks there. And I had just started out, I was like in my, um, I was maybe in my second year of comedy. And I decided I had called, I was signed to Yuck Yuck. So you can kind of call and be like, hey, I want to tour the Ontario clubs. They're like, okay, great. So they, I came out there and I was pretty fresh and hadn't really been out of uh, the West part of the country yet to do comedy. And I got to this, like, and everyone here is like, so nice. Like everyone's like, Hey, welcome to the club. Can we get you a drink? Oh, it's your first time. They like put your name in a little star and the, oh over the club like writes you a nice message. She's like, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> I like, love that perception of Canada that we have even goes as far as into like the comedy clubs. Like, <laughs> oh my God, putting your name in a little star over here. It's just like, yeah, cool. Fine. Can you just be over there? And like, what's your name again? Okay, cool. And then they'll like introduce you and they'll still get your name wrong. <laughs> Well, that's what it like. I mean, this is like uh, in kind of a smaller where Calgary is a little bit smaller of a city than um, uh, like the Ontario clubs are. And so it's like kind of big city over there. Toronto's like a little mini New York kind of. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of the attitude out there. And I got there and the, they, it was in a casino and they're like, you got to go get a casino badge. And I was like, why? They're like, because you're an employee of the casino. And I was like, okay. So I like marched down. I had to like go on stage with this huge like casino employee badge. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was just like, this is insane. They we walked in. They were just like, go in the back. And they're like, okay. And you get to the back. They're like, don't come out until we call your name. Okay. And I went up and I was just doing like a twenty minute middle set. I don't know how do you guys structure your shows out there, like your club shows. In like well, so it kind of so you'll usually have like an MC who will usually come out and they will usually kind of like warm up the crowd and then they'll do a little kind of set in between and then yep. usually you'll have your kind of like headliner. So it might be that the headliner gets like almost double, I suppose, the time of the acts that are on before them, depending on like how long the night is. Right. So for our club shows, we do MC same thing, and then we do like a middle a middle act that's like twenty to thirty minutes, hmm. and then you have your headliner go on do forty five minutes. So I was, at the time I was a middle act, so I was doing 20 minutes. So I was up there and from word one, the entire audience was like, we hate your guts. (laughs) We don't like anything about you. Yeah. Nothing about you is redeeming. And what it also was, was the people in the audience were just people who lost in the casino, who they they would like give free tickets to. 
Oh no! Sorry, you lost five thousand dollars. Oh my on god! The slots, and you've been lying to your wife for ten years about this. <laughs> Do you want to see a comedy show? <laughs> have a laugh. We have the right solution. We'll make you laugh. It's going to be great because comedy is universal, and everyone thinks everything is funny all the time. Yeah, they were like, yeah. Would you like to listen to a young girl from Canada that's not sure of herself yet? And then, <laughs> Would you like to the hope drain away from someone's eyes as you like really horribly <laughs> don't love? Yeah, so they just they that's what the audience is. It's made up of people, and then just the odd tourist that was just like, oh, we heard there was a comedy show. So I was there, and I used to have a joke where, like, in the middle of the joke, I'd go, I don't mean to bum you guys out, and then I'd like say a thing. And then this guy from the back just stood up and he went, too fucking late. <laughs> and then just stormed out of the room. And I couldn't stop laughing because I was like, I was like, my family, I come from a long line of bullies. So like being heckled on stage does not bother me that Love much. It. So I was like, la- I couldn't stop laughing. And then I just kept going, uh, <laughs> I kept like repeating them. I'd be like, too fucking late. But I'd like look at my watch and like a minute had passed. I'm like, oh my God. Like I have, I'm like, well, one minute down, 19 to go. Oh God. Oh, of just people. God. And I think I, you know, like towards the end of the set, like I picked it back up and kind of got back on my feet and yeah. figured it out. And then um, met uh, a, a grandma from New Zealand and her grandson were on a vacation and they were like come on we'll take you out to the bar so i went and drank all night long with this grandma and her grandson oh my god i love this it was fantastic at a bar called hooters which is like (laughs) it's just like a it's It's a north american dream canada yeah and i still stay in contact with people from new zealand i'm like remember that time Oh like my it God, was adorable. It was so, so nice. funny because they were like, "Sorry, you were the worst." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. It turned out not too bad. Like I think as well, like you, like sometimes, like like I'm, I'm imagining with like heckles like that. It's just like you, you kind of have to give them props for like their own comedy timing of like, oh he, yeah, you know, he found an in, he took it, you know, he sashayed away, like <laughs> you know, he's a prick, I, really, but still. <laughs> I love like vulnerable, aggressive sadness. And that's what that was. Yeah. It was just like a display of somebody who was so sad. Yeah. Too fucking late. I also love that like your comedy could bring him to that point. Like his life is fine otherwise, but it's your fault <laughs> that his whole trip is ruined now. <laughs> Yeah, not, well, all the, was, not all the bad choices that led to him gambling away his, you know, house at the casino. <laughs> well, that's, I, like, I used, the bit was, like, I, like, look back on the bit now, like, after being in the industry for a while, and be like, oh, that bit was so long and so sad. <laughs> oh. Like, it was just a bit about, like, I mean, I can't even remember what the funny part was, but it was a bit about, like, how, like, grown men, like, grow up and, like, they wanted to be like nice guys but they're just like stuck in these awful jobs and their kids hate them oh. and i just was like because i like worked with all these old men that would just like flip That's out on really they'd, like yell at you yeah and you'd be like he's such a mean guy and then you'd have this like moment alone with him and he'd be like 
I wanted to be a guitar player. <laughs> my dad said playing the guitar was for sissies. <laughs> I hate this job and my kids hate me. And they'd have, and I thought that was so funny because I was like, that's just like a person who you thought was mean just having like a existential crisis like yeah. on a construction site. And I, I always was like, that's so funny. And then I would say it on stage and you could just see like half the men in the audience like, so my act has changed quite a bit since then but i uh, <laughs> i was like so then I, when i was like i don't mean to bum you guys out he was just like too fucking late <laughs> <laughs> in my head as like an alternative universe where you like you like you know you left the show you followed him out and you just like walked up to into the car park and i was like what's wrong buddy talk to me <laughs> Talk to me about it. Tell me, tell me. What are the dreams? Come on. You wanted to do flamenco dancing. What is it? Come on. Did you want to be a potter? Like, you know, did you, did you marry someone and you weren't really sure you settled down, but really the woman you love moved to Germany and you could have followed her, but you didn't like talk to me. And I feel like that, that, you know, that could have been a, a beautiful, a beautiful exchange, but it could have I been a beautiful been... I love that you made, you put flamenco dancing because I just, now all I can see is a grown man in a flamenco costume crying. Yeah, <laughs> like I had like lots laugh. of chest hair coming out everywhere. Just so yeah. much chest hair, and it's that exact guy. And he went home from the gig, and you'd moved him so much that he, <laughs> you. he just goes. He, he just quit his job. Yeah, he forced his life. He quit gambling. He's not gonna. Yeah. He doesn't even gambling. go to that casino anymore. He, yeah, he's no longer he's an alcoholic. <laughs> like you changed his life completely. Okay, I, you know what? I feel like I did. I'm going to pretend did. that that's true. I'm also picturing him as also basically like a construction worker. Like he's like a huge, like seven foot tall man. <laughs> yeah. And he's got like the fruit bowl on top of his head, like the hat, but then a little construction hat on the top. A little yellow, <laughs> a little fascinator, like a little yellow. <laughs> just yell little fascinator construction hat. Like a, yeah, just like a mini one. Purely costume. Yeah, I love it. just you know, just to tie all the elements of, of him together. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that out of your fizzle, you did also get like this really sweet uh, relationship with these people from New Zealand who just like took you out for a drink. That's adorable. They were hilarious. They were uh, they were so we like and we stayed out all night long. And then I remember like looking at my phone in the morning, and it just was like me and pictures like the grandma was like making me stand with the grandson. We we're like taking pictures, and then it'd be like me with the grandma. And then at oh. some point, like our faces, like I was like, how we were hammered. <laughs> like she wasn't like a young woman. She was like, <laughs> she I had love New Zealand I Oh, she that. was wonderful. Like they were so fun. And we just, it was like, uh, yeah, I was like, these people are the best. And then I didn't care about the weekend. Because yeah. I was like, yeah. Because you had an up at the end. I love it. Yeah. And how do you like generally like as a, as a, as a stand up and like, you know, like touring around and like bringing your show to different areas and stuff like, how do you generally like, how do you move on after like a shit night? Like a real, like, you know. She finds New Zealanders in the audience and gets yeah. to with them. I think we've proved it. <laughs> like I drink a lot. I, uh, no, I, um, I, as cliche as it sounds, honestly, I, I think those are the times when you can learn the mm. most up from your set because you know like I feel like as comics we're like a little inclined to like when you have a good show you're like hmm, look at how funny that was you like you kind of need like three good shows one bad show yeah mm. it needs to be a little bit of a roller coaster for you to like learn anything or like realize like make any changes because like one show you can and I'm sure you guys can attest to this you can do the exact same set like 
uh, two, three times in a night, let's say three sets a night, mm. and like two will kill, and you do the exact same material, and the third one will just bomb. Mm. And you're like, what was different? Like, what? <laughs> I just did the audience. Did I hate it more? Did I don't know? Like, and then you listen back to it, and you're like, because I like, like to record a lot of sets. Mm. So if I have like a night where I like really didn't do well, as painful as it is, I like to go back and listen to what happened. And a lot of times you can spot it. Like you can go like, oh, like I just wasn't saying it like I normally do, or I mixed mm, yeah. up that joke, or I somebody coughed before the punchline and that joke. And because mm. a lot of times you're like, I wonder why that didn't land. And then you're like, listen back to the tape. You're like, oh, like a waitress was taking a drink order and nobody mm. even heard, heard what I said. Yeah. Mm. Or you listen back to it and you're like, you know what? That's just like not a funny joke. Yeah. joke. <laughs> I just brought everyone down. They yeah, realized it's not a joke. It's actually a really sad bit of social commentary about the, the fragility of the male ego and dreams that go unfulfilled. Why do yeah. people laugh? Why is no one laughing? Yeah. Why are people not crying with laughter? And what is that little sob I can just hear from the back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I think like bad shows are important to mm. um, have and then and then figure out what you need to do to make it better. So yeah. yeah I, but I mean, after I say that now, but like immediately after, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. This is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Every now and again, every now and again, you need a boot to the boob to remind you of, you of being a... alive. You know, it's the, it's the metaphor that just keeps on giving. Yeah. And shows you just a, just a, a, you know, a big, big Sometimes a boob. kick to the tit is the thing that saves your life. Yeah. Oh my God. Let's yeah. God, let's get that on a t-shirt for the love of God. We can do that. We can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fault is it anyway? Charlotte, do you want to start? Yes. Who you think, what, what you think is to blame? I really think, um, and I'm trying to think of the year that this song came out, but I'm going to be- uh, blame a singer songwriter called Roberta Flack. Um, who wrote that really lovely song, Killing Me Softly. Everyone remembers that. It was a really good version by the Fugees. Um, and, you know, that song is really about, you know, like, um, it's like this person on stage who's, you know, singing your life and, you know, it's really sad and stuff. And they're like reflecting back to you about your life. So I think that put into the conscience of men that like sometimes art can reflect their own life. Mm. And then that dude, you know, he's got, he, he, he kind of remembers that song because it's one of those songs that you kind of remember. I remember it because I once sang it in a year seven talent show. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it just permeated his brain, but it wasn't really a song he liked. You know, he didn't buy the record or anything, but it was in his head. And then he came to see you. And then, you know, you're just reflecting back to him. And it's just like, he's lost all the money in the casino and you're being vulnerable on the stage. And then he's going to try and be vulnerable because he's got Roberta in his head saying, that, you know, sometimes somebody else can be singing your song right in front of you, you know? And that really it just took him from his seat um, and took him away to hopefully a better life. But it did mean that, you know, your gig did slightly suffer um, for mm-hmm. it. So I would blame that I want to say 70s hit and Killing Me Softly by Roberta Flack. I think that's very accurate. Not bad. Roberta. I mean, Roberta, stop, stop opening up the fragility, please. please. <laughs> you know, you know men aren't that strong. Come stop on. making me feel things, Roberta. <laughs> um, I am going to blame the rise of French pastries. So, um, French pastries are very dainty, extra delicious foodstuffs. 
And when you see them in a shop, they look like very dainty and lovely. Sometimes they have lovely pink icing. They've got lovely cream in the middle. Oh, oh, they're so good. (laughs) But as they come up in the world, it's a reminder to men of, you know, like small, delicate things. And it starts sort of, sort of like yours, Charlotte, like it starts to seep into them that like, there are all these lovely things that are delicate, but they have to stay strong because that's what society tells them. And it's slowly chipping away at them. Like why it's, it's so unfair that I have to be this big burly construction worker man when I really wanted to be a pink flamingo dancer. And why do these French pastries get to be delicious and light and airy and pink and fluffy. And I have to be this really strong man. And then as you came up and, and you said your joke and you were going through it and he was like, no, enough is enough. I can't take this anymore. And, and unfortunately it came out in your show because you were just sort of, yeah, reflecting that back to him. I agree. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Do you, do you have anyone else you would like to blame for, for this? I think I'd like to blame uh, all the wars that their fathers were in. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Look at you opening us up to... It goes back further than... than yeah, it goes back further because they just, like, there was, like, you know, like, we're the generation now. We're, like, follow your dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. Our parents were nice to us. Yeah. But their parents, <laughs> their parents were, like, you can't be a flamenco dancer. You gotta... I fought in a war. Everything that's what they would say every time they were like, I want to be a flamenco dancer. Like, after I fought for your right to be a construction worker, <laughs> everything yeah. just came back to the war. And they just were like, they have, there was like a no contest. They were just like, all right. Yeah. Like nobody could follow their dreams because everybody from 1912 was so sad. Yeah, it was so much sadness. I don't know what war I'm referencing in 1912. <laughs> I like that you've gone, you've gone vague. You've gone quite vague gone there. Vague. From 1912 yeah. to 1947, there were a lot of things that happened. A lot of bad <laughs> things happened. All to blame. Yeah, the early war. 1900s are to blame for yeah. that man's sadness. Yeah, mm. Mm. I think that's. And uh, you know, just I just like to say he he is here today. Uh, can we dial him in, Rebecca? He has joined the. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> here he is. <laughs> it's definitely a Bob or a Dale or. or <laughs> yeah, like a one, like a like a harsh one word. Yeah, one a one, key. one syllable name. Yeah. <laughs> For our reconciliation. He's yeah, at the casino good. still. I'm like, Dang. he's just waiting. He's waiting for you to come out again. But he's now working he goes back every back. day because he wants he to show back. That he became a flamenco dancer. He's like a dog with a dead owner. He just goes back to the last place <laughs> oh, every day. No. And eventually they'll build a statue of him outside. <laughs> and weeps. I'm like, oh, damn. He's just yeah. sat on a chair like, oh, oh, oh. oh, no. He's like, I didn't let it be funny. It could have been funny. Been- like, oh, I didn't God, give man. you the time. <laughs> I stole oh, your dreams God. like my father stole mine. Oh, He's like, I- no, Brittany, I didn't mean to bum you out. I I'm didn't mean sorry. to bum you out. No, I'm it's sorry. not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's making me emotional. I'm thinking. Poor Dale. <laughs> Dale's had a, I mean, we need to remember that Dale's had a really, really rough life. His father, although his father loved him, he never knew how to show it. 
So he was never told that he was good enough. He never got hugs. And we all know that babies who don't get hugs die. So it's just amazing that he survived sure. to that age. His father um, fought in every war. In every in war. Oh, what in were those times again? Just remind us of the times, Brittany. What were the years? <laughs> it was, Nin it was 1911. <laughs> His father was also really, really old. Couldn't play with him. His father was also a zombie, which is very yeah. sad if you think about it. Really, really not good attachment. Really not good because he just can't hold him because his arms would fall off. Yeah, mm -hmm. his arms fall off. You know, and and, and to be honest, I love you. It just comes out as bleh, you know. Well, Dale Dale had to sleep in a cage because he was worried that his father would try to eat him when he was asleep. Brains, yeah. Oh. So. Every time he used the word brains, he. Like PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> We've really painted quite the picture of Dale. <laughs> Dale's <laughs> listening to this. He's like, that's not, in on Dale. <laughs> that's not who I am. He's like, your father's a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Your father fought in all those wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to talk about, Brittany? Sure. I uh yeah, I have the podcast Life Pairings and that's on Spotify and all the places. Awesome. Uh it's just one word. Uh and then uh I have a special on um if you're in Canada, CBC Gem. I don't know if you can get CBC in the UK. You guys get the Canadian CBC? I don't think we do. Well, listen, I'm very famous in Canada. <laughs> You'll just have I am the most famous comedian. <laughs> no I'm all over all of the Canadian channels. Yeah. I'm Every on an internet streaming service that's only available to the country I'm from. So very famous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, just yeah, listen to the podcast. We're trying to build it up. I, I know you guys know this is it's hard to get listeners sometimes. Uh, listen to me so I can drink and then write it off on my taxes. Yes. Oh my god, I love that. That's a dream. Really this is you're living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also some of your like stand up and stuff on YouTube and things. So it's always good for people to go and check that out. And hmm. if they're in Canada, they can obviously come and come and see you when you're touring around the place. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you, you for much. joining us, Brittany. This is wonderful. And don't forget to buy Brittany's album going up, available on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere you can buy wonderful albums. Um, you can follow Brittany on Brittany the Comedian on Instagram. I will put all of the links to her podcast, to her Instagram, to her album, and to YouTube in the show notes. Just remember, sometimes you do something that sits in the pit of your stomach, and when that happens, look yourself in the mirror, take a deep breath, and remember, we all foozle it sometimes.